Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Mahogany Says Radio Show with Mahogany Silvering. MahoganySilvering.net. The Rise of Lucius Morningside. Book Two of the Kenya Clark series by author Mahogany Silverang. Christmas will never be the same. Chaos has taken hold in the city of Atlanta. Children and teens are coming into powers they cannot control. The GBI Paranormal Unit cannot contain the situation. The cause of this chaos is Lucius Morningside, a.k.a. Lucifer, the devil himself. With his bloodline in Atlanta, he will stop at nothing to make this city his own, establishing himself as a high-powered attorney. Can Agents Kenya and Darren stop him and save the kids over Lucius win this round? Rise of Lucius Morningside, Book 2 of the Kenya Clark series. And for a limited time, from December 20th to December 24th, Book 1, Tell Me You Love Me, also by Mahogany Silverine, will be free on Amazon. So get both copies today. Hot Coffee, an interracial romance by Donna R. Mercer. A new release on December 3rd is now available for pre-orders on Amazon. Roman is a playboy, but one too many scandals has put his CEO position in jeopardy. He must find a nice girl one that the board of Hemingway Industries would approve of and get married before the new year. Kamaya is just the woman he needs with her wholesome, clean image. Roman is the one man who has ever held a place in her heart, but she has no plans of marriage, only philanthropy. So Roman must prove his love and earn Kamaya's trust, or risk losing it all. Everyone needs a little cream in their hot coffee. An Interracial Romance by Donna R. Mercer. For more information, visit www.donnarmercer.com. Hot coffee. Get your copy today. You are listening to Mahogany Says Radio Show with Mahogany Silvering. MahoganySilvering.net. Good evening, everyone. You are listening to Mahogany Says, and I am your host, Mahogany Silvering. And we've got a good show for you tonight. We are talking with none other than fiction author. I.L. Davis, did I say that right? Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you prefer to go by I.L. or do you like Ira? Uh, Ira's fine. Ira? Okay. Yeah. We can do that. <laughs> so tell me, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm doing real good. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you with us tonight. So tell us, what inspired you to start writing? Uh, my mom. I actually were been drawing these characters in this story uh, my whole childhood, even my teenage and later. And my mom, before she passed away, she told me, she made me give my word that I would stop drawing the story I have in my mind and, my, and, and write it so people can actually see this world that I've been drawing my whole life. Wow. That's interesting. Did you think of it as like for a story for children or was it more geared for adults? Uh, More geared for adults with all the fighting scenes and things going on in the story. There's a lot of sword fighting and stabbings and beheadings and a lot of – a lot of violence. <laughs> yes, a lot of violence in it. <laughs> so, would you say, oh, that's the biggest thing? Okay. So, that's have you always wanted thing. to be, have you always wanted to be a writer? Uh, no, actually, I didn't. I wanted to do something with my artwork and my art, but that didn't work out. 
Why is that? Ah, I don't know. Years ago, I I guess I, I made some packages of different art drawings and storylines and sent them out to uh, like Dark Horse, Marvels, uh, Image, all the comic books, and uh, only one sent me a letter back thanking me for the you know the artwork and the stories that I sent. Cause I only sent one story with like five or six characters. Mm-hmm. And, Nobody picked me up, so I, I just gave up on it, honestly. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You shouldn't really give up. You got to keep going because you never know who's going to say, hey, I like this, and let's do it, you know? It only takes one person. Well, that's true. That's what it, I gave my word on my books. I can't give up on them. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I'm currently writing book three now. And uh, I'm making it more adult themed than the other two, so hoping that's going to work out. Okay, so this, is book two out yet? But yes, it's been out for a few, uh, about three or four months now. Okay, and what's the title of that one? Moon Eyes and the Rising of the Two Moons. Oh, okay. So, what was your the title of your first book? Moon Eyes. And the Dark Moon Council. Oh, okay. So Moon Eyes. And these were characters that you were seeing in your mind and you, you were drawing them. Well, that's yes. amazing that you came up with a story with that. That is really good. It's like watching the, I guess you'd say, it for me, it's like watching the little movie that runs in my mind. And yes. I just start drawing what I see. Nice. I wish I could draw. <laughs> I can see the picture in my head clearly, but I can only describe it. I can't really draw. <laughs> but that's oh, amazing. No, I just, that's a double talent. I just did a uh, art slash uh, book signing at the library showing people that say they can't draw how to break down what they were taught in school and everything they see to draw it. Oh. I've taught my nephews and nieces and family members, the younger ones that watch me draw something, they're like, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, well, I can show you. And then some of their artwork is better than my own now. They're, they're that good. I was like impressed. Wow. I believe it. Yeah. Oh, that is amazing. So you can teach anyone basically how to draw. See, I would like to learn that. It's really, it's like Cracking the part of your mind open that's art for to show you you can draw. It's there. You've just never seen it. I guess the way I look at things to break it down to draw it. Right. Hmm. It's there. You? It's definitely. Everything you were taught in school. You can use just your ABCs, your numbers, your shapes. And everything you look at, you can see the letters, the numbers, the shape, and then you just start putting them down on paper. Oh, that seems pretty cool. I'm going to have to try that. So as far as your... (laughs) Okay, go go ahead. What would you say? No, it's it's actually easy once you see it. Once, Once you get your mind to see it, there's nothing you can't draw. Wow. So, when uh, your first book, when was that published? And what was that like for you? 2013. It it was a huge accomplishment, considering everything that was happening in my life at the time. It it was Mm -hmm. the only light I had at the time. It was, to me, the... I had dyslexia and uh, trouble reading out loud and stuff, so I've always wow. had problems with writing, and I can draw, but I couldn't. I've always <laughs> had problems yeah, my whole life with writing, and that's argued with my mom, but I couldn't argue much with her. Uh, it was under, uh, she ended up passing away from cancer. So, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it's, I couldn't argue so that the much book kind of, yeah. yeah. Did it kind and of help? She, kind of... 
She's like, you have to give me your word before I leave this world. I'm like, oh, man. I said, the one thing I'm very bad at, the one thing I really am, I have problems with. I can do math. I can do everything else. No problems. But this is the only area. And she's like, yeah, and you're going to be great at it. So you're going to give me your word before I leave. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So she ended up literally making me say, you have my word. So that's good. I started writing and I went with Moon Eyes, the characters in my head. And I was like, this is a story I've always seen in my mind. I'm going to start putting it on paper. And uh, I wrote the first one and thought, well, if it flops and doesn't do good, I'm I'm done. And uh, it actually didn't do too bad. So I was like, well, maybe, maybe mom had a point. So I wrote book two and currently writing, trying, I've had writer's block, but I'm trying to write book three now. Uh, so how do you handle your writer's block? Uh, I go to the park, walk, listen to music, just pretty much it. Just yeah, kind of get away from everything. Clear my mind. Yeah, clear the mind and relax and hopefully, you know, I get ideas out there and and uh, I actually had a friend. You're you're always at the park. It's such a great office, isn't it? It's got beautiful scenery. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why a lot of writers tend to write, like in coffee shops or or parks or wherever. They just kind of take their laptop with them. I have not been able to do that, but I. <laughs> no, I if I'm gonna do something else, I'll exercise, yoga, walk outside. But as far as like taking my laptop and sitting down and trying to concentrate on writing. I, there's too many things going around. <laughs> I'm just oh, like, no. I'll take my attention away. Unless I'm reading no, a book. That's, that's, that's different that's for some I reason. Bring, yeah. <laughs> bring you a notepad like I do. Laptop's too heavy and all that. But if you bring mm-hmm. a notepad, you just write it with a pen and then you can change or correct it later. Oh, that's true. You just jot it down. That's what I do. It. Yeah, my idea. brother taught me that. My brother, he bought me a notepad, and I was like, what's that for? He's like, you never know. You could get an inspiration of something, and you need to write it down so you can, you know, put it in your story or use it. Exactly. So I've done that too. Yeah. That's very good advice. So what is That's, your writing my state brother. like? <laughs> What is so it, it seems I'm like I'm so, um, your writing space. What is that like? My writing space? Other than like you, well, know, so you write. Like your. Oh, okay. Sorry. Your writing space where do you have a desk or do you just work out of another room or. Oh, no. I have, I have my brother's actually old desk. When he passed away, I got it from him. And that's that's where I sit. And I'll put my music on and write. Might have a game going on my phone. I usually have two things going on while I'm writing, at least. It helps. Yes. Because I mean, I feel if you focus on your story too hard while you're writing it, then it's not going to flow. You're just going to keep hitting a brick wall because you're overthinking it. But if you can Mm -hmm. try to relax the mind, the mind will let it come on through, I guess. That's true. I will actually do that. Music is one thing that is not a distraction for me. I can actually write with music. That's That's the only thing I found. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only thing I found. If I put the music on my cover of the ears, put the headphones on, have the music playing in the background while I'm reading what I wrote, I, I'm I'm golden, but there's oh, too much other stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I like to have, yeah, just something in the background, unless you know it's too distracting. But uh, like I can sometimes watch TV, but I'll tend to block it, and it's just like noise in the background. Yeah, I do that too. To, yeah, just to kind of okay, so I'm not. Because I will sit here and overthink something. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, you're when you're in a good space, you just kind of flow, and then other times it's like, 
where was I going with backing that? <laughs> like I did the other day, I backed myself in the corner of my, well, I put my characters and everything, I backed them into a corner, and then my brain shut off, and I went, oh no, uh, how am I going <laughs> to get out of this? And then yeah. I just walked Smith, because I'm, I don't want to overthink it, and I'm actually stepping into, I was informed that if I want my books to grow, I need to step up into writing love scenes in my book. Mm-hmm. So I'm attempting my love scenes in this book. This book's going to be a little different than the other two. And that's so what's, that's the, in, what's the main uh premise of your book what's the ultimate story that you're that you're telling through moon eyes you gotta fight the odds you were born with and beat them hmm. you, you can't the world might kick you down but they can't keep you there hmm, that's good I like that yeah well I my uh I have been drawing, and my dad did not like my artwork. He didn't like my drawing. He thought it was just the dumbest thing in the world, and it caused me a lot of problems with him growing up. It was a very bad scene. And until I got into high school, and the art teacher, uh, I mean, it was an architect class. And I thought it just said art on the door, so of course I signed up for it. Mm-hmm. And I got in there and found out it's not a art class; it's architect. He's going to teach oh. us about buildings. Yes. And me and him had a bit of an argument, and he had all these pictures around the room that he had personally drawn. And I went, I got to go switch classes. He's like, Why? I said, This is not art. This is about buildings me making a building this is not art and he's like buildings are art I said no not in my opinion I said most of your famous buildings have some kind of sculptures they have some kind of paintings that's what you know makes it art to me but a square brick on a piece of land to me is not art and one of my friends said why don't you just have him draw one of your drawings you got on these walls and he looked at me and said so you're an artist and I went well yeah I guess I said everybody saves me a page or two in their you know yearbooks to put whatever kind of artwork I want to put in it of my medieval fantasy in my head and uh, he challenged me to draw this eagle head so I did and slid it over by his and it looked exactly the same and uh, it's you know I ended up taking the class and passing it but I wasn't happy with it we studied, you know, we studied more about making a building than drawing or actual <laughs> art. And, yeah. like well, at least you learned some things there too about structuring things. Yeah, yeah. it was something, but it, <laughs> it was years before my mom and dad actually just, you know, thought that I could do something with my artwork. So. Mm-hmm. It was too late at that point. I used oh. to have a ton of artwork drawings I've done over the years. And uh, when Hurricane Katrina hit the coast, it put all my artwork in the Gulf of Mexico. So, oh, no. Yeah. All the drawings I kept over the years of this world, and they went out in the Gulf of Mexico somewhere. Oh, my goodness. I know. I lost, we lost a lot of stuff, too, when... With the flooding, yeah, mostly a lot yeah. of pictures and things when kids are little, but yeah, to lose all of your work, that is, that's got to be hard. But it seems like yeah. you're doing well with the books, and you're I'm actually trying. putting them yeah. into to where people can, you know, because writers paint pictures with words, so you're still an artist, right. but now you're just doing it with words as well, so I'm pretty sure you can... Visualize your world. So, what is the name of the the location? Did did you build this world up, or is, was it just as you saw it? Uh, you know, I, 
You got me on that one right offhand. My, I just threw a blank. Uh, I know the bad area I sent him to. I named Kel Helm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for the life of me, I cannot remember their the like their their country. I named. <laughs> well, Terrible. that's all right. For those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Mahogany Says, and we are interviewing author I.L. Davis, who also you can call him Ira, <laughs> and he writes fantasy fiction. And so we're going to take a little break, and while you mull it over, Ira, we'll be right back. Cool. You are listening to Mahogany Says Radio Show with Mahogany Silvering. MahoganySilvering.net Two Ink Minimum, Book One of the Permanent Hangover series by Michelle Prince. All Finn Gardner wanted was some fresh air when he stepped down to the alley behind the Permanent Hangover Bar and Tattoo Parlor. Instead, he found someone who needed help. His help. Bailey Parson escapes her life in Chicago to find a better one in St. Paul. Not only does she win over the customers and staff with her smart wit and empathy, she wins over Finn as well. But when Bailey's past threatens their relationship, Finn has a decision to make. Just how much of his dark past does he need to unlock to save her? Two Wink Minimum by USA Today best-selling author Michelle Prince. Get your copy on Amazon today. are listening to Mahogany Says Radio Show with Mahogany Silvering. MahoganySilvering.net
And we're back. You are listening to Mahogany Says, and I am your host, Mahogany Silverine, and we are chatting with fantasy fiction author I.L. Davis. So, I already, did you think of the name? No, ma'am, I sure didn't. <laughs> I, uh, right. I don't remember, actually, actually, I don't remember ever giving it a name. I just described where they live in the book oh, wow. and their race and who they are, because I was sitting there thinking about it, and... I I did not name it because I believe when I first wrote that book, the Indians, your Cherokees, Choctaws, your natives never mentioned a name. It was just their home. So that mm-hmm. might have something to do with it when I was writing it. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, I, I only named the bad places. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, those are what stand out, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I think only in book two do I actually start giving places names, as in book two. Okay. And, and what are the names of your main characters? Moon Eyes, Dead Dog, Genghis, Brother Knight, Alyssa, which actually, uh, due to a typo, became alias in book one, but I changed that and corrected it in book two. Her name was supposed to be Alyssa. Uh, ah, okay. Ruth, uh, Ruth is one of my favorites and uh, characters in my book. Uh, she's part of the Bone Clan race. Uh, let's see. Now I got So yeah, there's that. Oh, so there are the they're all different different tribes or different or yes. this, different clans. They're all, yeah, they're all from different different tribes. There's I introduce towards the end of the book one a uh, basically a couple of characters that become involved in the main group, and uh, that's Gankus. He's a human, and uh, one other. I can't. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on my own books. I'm killing myself. <laughs> it's, it's all right. That that actually happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I know, become, if you write it down, we'd be able to remember, but sometimes that's not always true, yeah. so. <laughs> so it's believe me, it, it happens, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, he becomes one of my main characters and one of my favorite to write, because I write him as a, he's a warrior, but he's kind of like, I guess you'd say a Bugs Bunny type warrior, he has a, he, he has a bit of a, a mouth on him, and uh, ah. he's saying stuff. In the middle of a fight, or smarting off, or you know, challenging somebody, you know, he just—it's the way I wrote him. He carries a flask under his uh, chest plate so he can drink, have a sip in the middle of a fight. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> this is like an interesting character. <laughs> and he's my fave. He—he he uses a double-bladed battle axe as his choice of weapons. Oh, nice. He's. That's why I said he's my human character amongst the Moon Elves, the Bone Clan people, and uh, the other races that I've mixed in. It's basically about uniting different people to show what they could accomplish. Oh, okay. So what was your favorite part to to write about? The fight scenes. (laughs) The fight scenes. (laughs) I should have guessed that, right? (laughs) You did say you had a lot of violence. I should have guessed that one. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's my the favorite part is the fight scenes. Is the fight the, scenes. the that's where uh, growing up I started studying martial arts. Uh, mm-hmm. Got into fighting, uh, some street fighting, and uh, it's I don't know. It's just it's one of the things I'm good at. So when well, I that's write good. it. I, I just, you know, reflect back on the different fights I've watched personally and the different things that I've watched, you know, on TV and all, and and know oh, my own actually, fight. Yeah. You could actually choreograph a fight scene. Yes, very much. In the book, the way I write them, I see them in my head go down like that. So I'm trying uh, – I'm wanting book three cover to be different than book one and two. I'm trying to uh, – Find the right person, which I think I have, to actually dress her in Moon Eyes' outfit. Like, she okay. would be Moon Eyes. 
and go with that is what I'm thinking because I'm stepping up the book with the love scenes. I want to try and step up the cover a little bit because I, I like drew the covers, designed them, and then told them to the people who I hired to make them exactly mm-hmm. what I wanted. Okay. So do they follow or did you still have to like send it back and say, no, I'm not happy with this? Yeah, I did that for about five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Every week I'm like, this is not it. No, let's see. You, you and I'm like sending pictures. I'm like, I need you to get closer to this. This is what I have in my mind. This is what I'm looking for. And uh, book two cover that took about three weeks to get the lady to understand. You have everything perfect with the moons and the waterfall because that's where they live. Mm-hmm. I need the characters do not look right. Wow. Like people want me to draw. And I think when you read a book, you read it for your imagination. You read it to escape this world. And if I put my drawings in there saying what I believe they are, I don't think that's really the way to go. But that's just a personal opinion. I believe your own imagination can probably draw in your mind better characters than I could draw on paper. Ah. Well, since you are coming from an artist standpoint as well, I think you probably paint a really good picture. But to you, because you have, you know what it looks like. Because the story yeah. came from your mind, so you know, in essence, more more or less what it's supposed to look like. So, you ever thought about doing your own cover or drawing it? No, I've thought about it, but. I I like what I'm um, you know the book covers I have, and I like the way they turned out. So I was happy with them. Like the eyes on book one, excuse me, was very important to me because that's the main character. And then I put the moon up there because that way you would see the moon and the eyes, and then you'd understand moon eyes. Because mm-hmm. I've had people actually say moonies, and I'm looking at them. No, it's moon eyes. <laughs> yeah, I actually did that on purpose with the moon above the eyes to give you, you know, to literally put the name with a picture. Yes, because I mean it's very beautiful the way it came out. I like that it's got the the two moons and the waterfall coming down. Yep, that's the rising of the two moons. So there's two moons in the sky. That's actually one of the scenes. In the book I uh, I wrote, it's a very important scene in the book too. It's it's a change of events. It's a new race I'm introducing in the book, and uh, mm-hmm. that that's the beginning of the new race right there. Ah, okay. Of that scene of the book, and that, to me, I was like, you know, if I for the book cover, I want something that stood out in my head and that's what came out the most of the book book one is a short book it's an easy read and book two I uh, really pushed every limit I had on it to make it much longer than book one because I didn't want to that bad uh, review of the book was way too short (laughs) (laughs) And that's really not a bad review. If they're saying it's too short, it's because they want it to have more. So I don't, I, I wouldn't take that as a, as negative. I think you know, most people say, well, it's too right. short. I want it more. That means they want, you know, you to add to it because they really got into the story. Now, if they were saying, oh, yeah, it was, it was fine. You know? <laughs> but yeah. if they're telling you it's too short, it's because they want to know more. You know, so that, right. that that's a good thing. That's, that's I had a few of those. Yeah, that was the goal with book two, and currently book three is as thick as book one, but I'm not, I'm nowhere near done. I, I really want it to be as thick as book two. It's not thick, it's my goal. It's, so it's uh, kind of a novel length. Yes. Yes. That's the goal, so I don't hear them. That I, I like the reviews of people that's bought my book and talked to me personally, uh, like book signings that have bought it when I've redone them. 
uh, book signings, and uh, they said they fell in love with book two. They said they felt book one was too short. They got into it, and then it hit, and then the book comes to an end because I don't like cliffhangers. I'm not a cliffhanger person. I -hmm. like beginning, middle, end of a book. I don't – I mean, you know, you can – you can end it with a, a cliffhanger that's going to go into some other area or you're going to start again going to another, you know, area, you know, another way with it. But I don't like when I finish a three or 400 page book, it says, you know, and it leaves me hanging on what's going to happen next. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the arrows and everything. Yes. So when I, I try and write to where my books can stand on their own, even though, they are together. If that makes so sense. they're a series, but they're like standalone, each one. Yeah. They're a series, and if you just, I ended this first in book one, I end that, you know, saga, and then I pick up in book two going into another one. Okay. But if, it's, if you don't read one, when you get into book two, because book one has all your description of the races and the people, and I, I kind of, overdone it on the uh, description of who and everybody was and building the world and then I go into the storyline and if you get book two it can stand on its own but at the same time you're going to miss out a lot of history of how these people got to where they're at and what they're doing Okay. Uh, and, and the first book was called Moon Eyes what was it again I'm sorry Moon Eyes and the Dark Moon Council. Moon Eyes and the Dark Moon Council. The Dark Moon Council. Okay, so the second one is The Rising of the Two Moons. Yes. Okay. So. And I have no clue yet what I'm naming <laughs> book three. Does the third one have a name yet? <laughs> no clue yet? Okay. Not yet. No clue. <laughs> So mainly your books are on Amazon, or where else can they find the two books? Their uh, book one is on 2,500 different websites, uh, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble. It's all over the uh, book pages. But book two is only on Amazon right now. Oh, okay. And this is the one that came out a couple of months ago? Yes, yes. Okay. Oh, so March of this year. Yep. Great. Okay. Oh, a few months ago, then. <laughs> yeah. The time yeah. flies, right? A little bit. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Especially when, as soon as we hit <laughs> September, it just seems like October, November, December just fly. <laughs> yeah. It really does. It's just like it just goes. It does. I'm sitting there thinking, wow, has it been that long? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, yeah, it <laughs> but it, but that's okay. I mean, if you're going to make it a long book, so you need time to go ahead and flesh out book three. So I'm working you, on. You work. <laughs> so do you have a set time that you write, or do you do this full time, or you have another job? It's, well, I work full time at my job, so if uh, mainly it's real late on my days off, like. During the, I guess the late hours of the morning, mm-hmm. that way everything's kind of calm and peaceful, and there's no nothing that can distract me. You know, I can just throw my music on, try and type something, uh, type something out. You know, focus more on the book without overdoing it. True. Okay. Uh, I actually live with my sister and her family, so. Unfortunately, I don't have my own place right now, and uh, it, it's it's a very active house. <laughs> right, so it's hard, difficult to find time to really <laughs> write. Yeah, so it's, it's I wait for everybody's in bed, everybody's asleep, everybody's done, you know, and then I try and set up, and you know, not hopefully not be too tired from my job I work to keep writing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't best for me to use headphones. <laughs> I find that makes it a little exactly. easier to, to block out because I, I have a 
80-pound lap dog, German Shepherd, who likes to be right up and as soon as she hears anybody move in the house, there she goes barking. <laughs> we have they have cats here, and there's three uh, of them, and they yeah, all three love to <laughs> run across the keyboard or jump in front of the oh, screen yeah. or jump in my face, and I'm looking at them like, turn right here, people. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you're not really fighting. You you you, you want to play with me, right? You're not, you're not really doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't really you want that word there, did you? <laughs> I had one that me and I'll right Yes, I'll get <laughs> out of your way, but I, you know, like right now, I'm <laughs> you know, any other time, they don't be bothered with you. But as soon as you sit down, <laughs> as soon as you sit down, they're looking like, all right, guys, he's trying to do something. We can't have mm. that. Oh no! And then, yeah, there's three. Three cats, and then the cats are jealous of each other, so you're, they're fighting, and you're like, look, you'll take that somewhere else. Great. That's great. Exactly. Great. <laughs> so what yeah. is your, your favorite food? My favorite food? Mm-hmm. Spaghetti. <laughs> Spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Spaghetti. Italian style. Ah, so no meatballs? Yep. Like my husband says, it's all about the sauce. It's all about the regular sauce. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. Tell your husband, he's absolutely right. <laughs> yep. He, he's part Italian. He's uh, half Italian. Well, his mother's Italian. His father's Dutch. So he's... Right. <laughs> he loves yeah, his father. Exactly. Uh, I, 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 I can agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm more of a lasagna fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's still pasta. It's just flat. It's just it's still pasta. It's just you know, it's kind of like flattened. Uh, it's flattened and it's kind of like a square thing. I don't know. It's almost kind of like a cake to me, but it's you know, you've got the cheese and the meat and all the layers and oh. it's just I don't know. Interesting. It's not quite as messy as trying to, to twist, you know, I have some fancy with a fork and twisting it up and in the spoon. And he's like, I was like, this professional. He's, he can eat a huge bowl, too. I'm just looking at him going, how do you do that? I try to twist it on the spoon and it's going to go flying somewhere. That's terrible. I know. I'm really <laughs> supposed to be a really sophisticated person. So that's why I will not order spaghetti if we're going to go out to eat. Because <laughs> I'll be the first one. To... Sa- same thing with seafood. I'm not a person who uses any kind of utensils. I'm from New Orleans. We just break it open with our hands and we chew on it. And, you know, just, you know, we do not use anything else. So <laughs> do not take me to a seafood restaurant because I will embarrass you. <laughs> Like, forget the bib. <laughs> we need seafood. We're going to get messy. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I know, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but probably fun at the same time. Oh, yeah. And I, I, you know, I've actually gotten pretty good at it where I can get a whole piece of meat out of that one section without having to break it up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not going to use that. People are just going to mess it up. <laughs> My fingers are better. So, what was your dream job when you were younger? Well, my dream job when I was a mm-hmm. kid was to do something that had to do with like movies, art, comic books, anything like that. Any, I guess, something to do in the entertainment world when it comes to that. My mom used to like. Oh my God, she love movies when and then Star Trek came out and all these shows and she oh, yeah. had to grab me put me right by her the whole time watching them and I'm looking at her like what are we doing she's like it's a good movie <laughs> you're watching it you know I mean all the way into my adulthood she would show up at my place and be like alright what are you doing nothing right yeah get in the car we're going to the movies 
and literally that became a tradition. It's like, oh, you know, my day off, she found out, she's at my house. We're going to see a movie. I'm like, what movie? It doesn't matter. We'll pick it when we get there. <laughs> she just, she loved wow. watching movies. Yeah, she was, she loved the old movies, the new movies. I mean, she was, she was a huge Stephen King fan. Huge. Oh, Thought my goodness. Book Man wrote. Loved him. So yeah, I, I couldn't the, movie. Movie. the book scared me enough. <laughs> yeah. She she loved his books, she loved his movies. I mean, just I thought, you know, watching that growing up, how these these movies and shows like trigger so many emotions in people. If I could be part of that world to where you know, I think that would be the ultimate dream for me personally. Oh, okay. Doing something that because you know it's kind of a childhood thing, but still, like everybody that reads my books keeps going, this would make a incredible movie, and I'm like, yes, it was in my mind. Wow. And they're like, what? I said, it's like watching a movie for me in my mind unfold, and I write it down, and you know, and the fight scenes, of course, is where it gets really intense. And uh, I don't have fake heroes. My heroes get hurt. They get banged up. They get, they get, right. you know, I, I don't, you know, so for me, you know, that's a true hero. You come through the fire, you get beaten down, whatever way is attacking you, friends, family, the world, your job, but you still get to, you know, you still stand up, you know, push through it for your goals then you're the true hero of your own story. Exactly. Like Rocky, it's not about how many times you get knocked down, it's about how many times you get up. Oh, big fan. <laughs> I yes. love that movie. That's my <laughs> favorite. Because Every of that time line. it comes on, we, we have to watch it. <laughs> you got to rise above whatever's trying to keep That's you down. Right. Exactly. I, I love that movie. That's my, because of that one line. Mm-hmm. Quick, Looking around you for something to blame, do something about it. Exactly. Just keep doing it. Just keep going yeah. forward. That's all we can do, am I? Yeah, because, I mean, eventually, you know, we're, we're going to get where we're going. It's just, you know, sometimes we don't know how to deal with what's happening right now, and we lose sight of what will be because we're focused on what is. And I'm saying that for myself too Because I have to remind myself not to do that It's like okay uh-huh. I know what's going right now But I know this is not Where I'm going to stay So That's only a temporary spot Exactly This this is temporary This too shall pass My mom used to say that This too shall pass So just get up Keep going I'm trying to remember that quote I read the other day on Facebook was uh, Snoopy and uh, uh, Charlie. And Ooh, said, well, and, uh, we only live once to Snoopy. And Snoopy said, no, you live every day. You only die once. Ah. Really good. Wow. That's true. You live every you day. Live every you only live die every day. Once. Only die once. For me, you'll be dying twice. I died in a car wreck when I was 17. I was oh DOA goodness. for 30 minutes. Yeah. So you were declared dead DOA. for 30 minutes. Wow. Yes. So oh for goodness. me, it'll be two times. <laughs> <laughs> for two times. Well, see, that, well, well this actually count because you didn't stay dead, so <laughs> you came back. That's because you had a purpose. See, and, you know, God brought you back. You, there's something you had to do. So I'm on, that's why it wasn't your time. You got round two. Yep. Said nope, we're not out I yet. I remember the doctor. I remember the doctor sitting, standing beside the bed, saying, "All right, I'm gonna call it." And I remember the only thing I was paralyzed from the neck down. It was a really bad wreck. I was completely wow. shredded. Like my all my guts, my insides, everything got tore, ripped, shredded. And I remember rolling my head over, and I could only see out my left eye because it had removed the top of my head, got removed of my hair and skin and all. And I looked wow. over and went, I'm not dead yet. 
and he just got a break. And then I had like 20 (laughs) people around me just sticking me and putting stuff, you know, needles in me, putting blood back in me. And Mm -hmm. just like, wow. And I'll never forget that. Wow. Yeah, you definitely have a calling in your life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. His expression, I'll never forget. I just rolled my head the only time I could move and looked with my one eye that's working went, I'm not dead yet. And he just, (laughs) what? I need help, people. (laughs) It's funny, though, it wasn't (laughs) then. Probably shook him up a little bit. (laughs) He's probably looking at it like, oh, this guy's gone, you know. (laughs) He's out of here. All right, let's go have lunch. Hold up. Oh, he's back. <laughs> he's back. Wow. I got told a week later I'd be dead by the age of 23 because oh how goodness. bad my body was ripped and tore up and all that. And mm-hmm. I just celebrated November 49. Wow. Also, we're the same age. I yes. celebrated 49 in September, so that is amazing. I almost died a couple of times oh. myself last year. So this is that's pretty amazing. Okay, so do you have any wisdom you would like to share with aspiring writers who think, uh, I want to, I'm writing this, but I don't know if I want to publish it. What would you say to them? I would, I would have to. Uh, one of my personal inspiration is I'm probably going to butcher her name. I do have a speech impediment on certain words and letters. Sherilyn Canyon. She writes the League series. In her book, okay. she put uh, if she would have stopped, where you know when her books were not taking off, she would mm-hmm. not be where she's at right now. And I think she has like 31 bestsellers. I mean, she is she's out there. She's you know she's she's in that top genre of best-selling authors and everything. And wow. uh, it kind of inspired me to keep writing. So I continued. I gave my word I would write. I did write the book, the first book. But after that, I was like, well, it's a gray area now. But I would tell sure. anyone, you know, whatever your dreams are, whatever your goals, just, you know, it doesn't matter how many times you fall. It doesn't matter how many times right. you get put on your knees. It, it, you know, you, you can't stay there. You have to push forward. You have to stand back up. You have to. If you have dreams, you have gold. No one's going to hand them to you. No one's going to give them to you. You have to show the world what you have and just keep praying and hoping that the day will come where somebody realizes what your potential is that can help you go forward. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because it will. There's lots of people who are very famous today and they they almost quit. Right before their "quote unquote" big break came, they were about to quit. I, I, I had a bad book signing about a week ago. They double booked me with a violin player, and uh, no one noticed me. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't notice my my stands or me or my books, and I'm just like everybody was focused on the violin player. I did sell uh, three copies that day, but uh, three sets. I'm sorry, three sets. But at the same time, I'm like, no one's going to notice me. That guy can play. They're, they literally stayed by him, threw money in his uh, violin case, you know, tips he was playing for. And uh, it was I, it was like, I was like, well, at least I have good music to listen to instead of your regular store boring music. There you go. So you have something nice to listen to. Well, that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> there we go. It was the one before that was a great book signing, but that one was the that one was bad. I was just like, wow, I'm over here stuck in the floral area where all the plants are. So my desk is behind the plants. I'm behind the plants. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see me. <laughs> probably, see you. Know, Probably look funny to people walking in, looking over that way, and you you know see the my head through the plants and all. Like I'm just like <laughs> sitting there. Yeah, you know, it got went real bad. Oh, it's bad. 
It took me behind the plants. I wonder what it looks like to people who are walking in here and looking over and there's some white guy sitting in a chair. Looking at Oh my goodness. Yeah. I just started laughing. The lady walked up. She's like, hey, and asked about the books. And I kept a smile most of the time because of that. I'm like, right. wow, this is <laughs> I am behind the plants, man. They made like you more mysterious, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> behind the plants, right? You have to move the plants. Yeah, hey, there's the someone here. <laughs> yeah. I'm over here. My books are over here. I'm over here. Yeah. <laughs> Walk past the violinist, please, and you shall see me. Not in the plants, but just behind them. <laughs> well, I have really enjoyed speaking with you tonight, and I'm sure that everyone listening in, and we are listening to uh, Ira Davis, but his author name is I.L. Davis, and he has written some fantastic books, Moon Eyes. Uh, I keep forgetting the first title, Moon Eyes. What was the first Moon Eyes. Moon Eyes and the Dark Moon Council. Moon Eyes and the Dark and, Moon Council. Yes. So and then book one and book Moon two. Eyes, it, the second book is Moon Eyes Rising of the Two Moons. Yes. Nailed it. And <laughs> do you have a, a, a website or a place where they can find out um, more about you? I.L. Davis on Facebook. Is uh, on. I have a Twitter and a Instagram account, but honestly, I don't get on them as much as I guess I should. But I do check my IL Davis on Facebook page. Okay. I do check it. All right, so everyone, you have heard it right here on Mahogany Says, and you can find IL Davis and his books on Facebook. So thank you so much for joining us. I thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight, and even though we had a second guest lined up, but, you know, sometimes things just work how they work. So I'm glad I got to spend this time with you talking and, and learning about your life and learning about how you have died twice. <laughs> but not everybody can say that. So <laughs> it was so great to meet you, and I thank you for doing the show tonight. <laughs> All right. Thank so, you, dear. Over done one. The with second you. time uh, later, hopefully, a lot later. later right. <laughs> Well, let us know when the third book comes out, and I can have you on again, and we'll talk about that one. How's that? Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much. You have a good night. You too, dear. Bye-bye. You are listening to Mahogany Says Radio Show with Mahogany Silvering. MahoganySilvering.net. The Rise of Lucius Morningside, Book Two of the Kenya Clark series by author Mahogany Silverang. Christmas will never be the same. Chaos has taken hold in the city of Atlanta. Children and teens are coming into powers they cannot control. The GBI Paranormal Unit cannot contain the situation. The cause of this chaos is Lucius Morningside, aka Lucifer, the devil himself. With his bloodline in Atlanta, he will stop at nothing to make this city his own, establishing himself as a high-powered attorney. Can Agents Kenya and Darren stop him and save the kids over Lucius win this round? Rise of Lucius Morningside, Book 2 of the Kenya Park Series. And for a limited time, from December 20th to December 24th, Book 1, Tell Me You Love Me, also by Mahogany Silverane, will be free on Amazon. So get both copies today.
You have been listening to Mahogany Says with Mahogany Silverine at mahoganysilverine.net. Thank you and good night.